Wildling Press presents. How do I book? Welcome to How Do I Book by Wilding Press. We like to chat about book writing, book publishing, book marketing, and of course, book reading. We're trying to help new and experienced authors develop their craft, widen their perspectives, and learn to get a little wild every once in a while. I'm Mike. I'm Christina. I'm Grace. All right, so today we are going to talk about the anatomy of a book cover. And I want to start off by asking y'all, what do y'all think the anatomy of a book cover is? Like, what parts make up a book cover? Ooh. <laughs> the, okay, for starters, the cover. Yeah, the front. The front. The, back. <laughs> the front. The front cover is one. Front okay. cover. Okay, mm-hmm. back cover. Yeah, Grace yes. back cover. Okay. Um, Sometimes you have uh, flaps. Ooh, yes, flaps. Yes, that is definitely part of the book cover if you have a dust jacket. Dust jacket, yes. Or, like, sometimes you have, um, what's it called? The... What's it called when you don't have a dust jacket, but it still has flaps? Isn't there a word for that? There's a duplex cover. Duplex when covers. It's, when it's paperback, yes. Right. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. But there's only one more that I'm looking for. The spine. The spine. The spine. When it comes to a book cover, there's three main parts of a book. It's the front cover, the back cover, and the spine. And it's a lot less technical than the anatomy of the human body. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> the face, the spine, and the butt. <laughs> Correct, yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, imagine if we went to authors and we were like, we need to talk about the design of your book's butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're changing the names of them starting today. So let's start with the front cover, since that's what we see first. We all heard that same old adage growing up, don't judge a book by its cover. And this is Exactly. It works great when you're talking about a person and their appearance, but we're talking about business. We're talking about an actual book. So people do judge a book by You have to. You simply have to judge. There's so many books. You walk into Barnes and Noble, you're like, I'm going to buy one book, but I'm not going to judge any of them by their cover. No. Right. You absolutely are. It's what catches your eye as you're walking down that aisle or while you're uh, scrolling an online uh, bookseller. Man, how offended do you get, Mike, when people say... Don't judge a book by its cover. You're like, what is the point of my job? Right. I know. I'm like, but that's what I do. <laughs> you know, I create covers for you to judge. Mike, I you love know? this cover, but my philosophy is don't judge a book, don't by, judge its a book by its cover. It's like, well, the cover's awesome and the interior's awesome. Right. So it's one of those things, you know, your front cover is the first impression of your story. So you really want to just speak to the shopper. That they are, you know, that what your book means just in this, their one quick glance. And mm-hmm. people may say that they don't judge, you know, things that way. But in a quick glance, you notice what the title looks like, what the image is like, what the placement of everything looks like. You are judging that book. Yeah. And you're like, is this pleasing to me? Yeah, right. exactly. Even if you're not like, let me break it down. Let's look at this. You're still making a judgment call because human brains are designed to make judgment calls. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what you're doing. So, you know, you want to make sure that you have just a compelling, wonderful cover that's going to make somebody, you know, read the back of your book or, you know, just want to go home with your book. So, Mike, as a book designer, what do you start with? Do you start with the title treatment or like an image? Well, for me, when it comes 
when the final you know edit comes to me, I know the title of the book. And I usually ask the project manager or if I don't have a synopsis of the book yet for them to tell me about the book so that I know what energy this book is supposed to have. And even if the project manager has a synopsis that it's still helpful to have a conversation about it. Like when I'm like, hey, Mike, here's like some ideas for the cover. And like this book is like it's vibey. It's sexy. It's historical. Like it's dark. Like they use a lot of knives in it. Uh, They talk a lot about roses you know like anything that can give him any imagery and all that helps me out so much because once i have the title subtitle and author's name which are the three things you want to include at minimum on the cover of the book you know if we have an illustrator's name and occasionally if you have a blurb for review you can add that as well but you want to make sure that the fonts that you use you know match the genre match the energy of what the book is trying to produce Mm -hmm. And uh, another thing to remember when you're setting these things up on there, and I have not forgot your question, Grace. No, so you're obviously, doing great. apparently, apparently, I go to title first. <laughs> That's yeah. where my brain goes. I think you We're did going answer my question. Thought. We're yeah, going through the okay. thought process. This is the thought process. You know, you want to definitely start off with fonts that match that. You want to make sure that they're commercial free copyright fonts because you don't want to get in trouble for picking something that you weren't allowed to use. And right. that's where I very much so recommend having a graphic designer design your cover because we usually have access to thousands of commercial free fonts yeah. you know that you may not. And, uh, you know, so once you've kind of figured those things out for what type of font you want to use, you also want to choose proper imagery. And, you know, this is something that you don't want to put second to fonts. They're both very equally important. And I'll bring out another uh, old adage of a picture is worth a thousand words. But if I changed it to now, I would say a cover is worth a thousand words. Just don't put a thousand words on the cover. <laughs> Love that. You know, that would be mine. And so, you know, you want your imagery to match the, the font. You don't want either of them to overwhelm each other. Uh, and your imagery can include anything from illustrations, photographs, or even a simple color. You know, if you're if yeah. red, if red really screams what your book's about, have an all red cover with very bold, amazing fonts that really just pop out for the reader. You know, it's another thing too, that when you are designing in today's day and age, because a lot of things are sold online, you want to make sure your cover looks good in thumbnail size. Mm, True. You know, so you want to make sure that you're, it's not, everything is just like jumbled up and running together because when it's small, we can't see that on our screens. Mm -hmm. True. You know, it's definitely just one of those things to, uh, to keep in mind. Yeah. Not everyone will have your book in print and, even if they do buy your book in print, they still have to look it up on Amazon first. Right. Absolutely. You know, and it's another thing too, just like one of those little tips in there. If you are venturing out and designing your own cover that you want to make sure that they are also the commercial free, but also that they are display fonts. A lot of times I'll, you can tell the difference between a book that didn't have a professional cover on it because the designer of the book chose to use text fonts, like fonts you would find written inside the book that are used to being read smaller. You know, oh, so, you so there's a it. difference between like title fonts, that's like a display font. Right. And display, then like, like the interior text font is different. Right. And that's one of those things too. Even if you're in Microsoft Word, yeah. when you're looking at fonts, you'll see heading. Yeah. As an option. Oh. A heading and then, like is, normal <gasps> or text or whatever. I don't know. Oh my God. That yeah. makes so much sense. Uh, so a heading font is a display font. And, you know, it's something that looks good, whether it's on a small thumbnail or it's on a huge poster. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Love it. So you can we read it, it from a distance. Right. It exactly. Stands out. This ain't no Times New Roman. This ain't Ariel. <laughs> right. You know. And, so that. But that's that's the front cover. You know, your title, subtitle, authors, and beautiful imagery and proper fonts chosen. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. And I just because you're not going to do this, Mike. I'm going to do it. Yes. Just hire a cover designer. Don't. Yeah. You don't need to do it yourself. That's not your I was, job. Was wanting to really say that, but I was. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, because yes, like you, you should. Can, but like, should you? The problem is that, like, out of all of the people who are not graphic designers who think that they can design their own book cover, probably five percent of them are right. Yeah. Yeah, I like that statistic. The rest that of ma- them that matches. You, the three of us, work in publishing. Grace and I are not even cover designers, but Mm-mm. you can look at a book and be like. That was not professionally done. Yes. Right. And absolutely. And remember, we were talking about judging a book by its cover, and you walk into Barnes and Noble and you have to just go off the vibes. And like, if the vibe of this cover is that it doesn't quite go together right, somebody's not going to buy that book. Yeah. Exactly. And that's a shame. It's an absolute shame, especially if you put so much hard work into making a great story. Yeah. No one's going to know it's great if the exterior doesn't match. Yeah. Yep. So true. Exactly. You know, another and another part of the uh, the book to keep in mind that's very important is the back cover. You know, because once somebody's picked up your book, they're going to flip it over to the back cover because this is where they get their information. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say overload, but they get their information and more information about your book from the back cover. Yeah. And like, I'm sure that this has happened to y'all. But like for me as a reader, one of the most frustrating things is when I'm like, that cover looks good. I'd like to know more. And then I turn it over and on the back, it's just like a stellar debut, a world bending novel. And it's only endorsements and there's no synopsis. And I'm like, but what is it about? Exactly. No, exactly. And I do. And I highly recommend a synopsis of, of some length, just so we do know what we're getting into, starting with page one. Mm-hmm. And on your back cover, you, you want to have that synopsis. Uh, if you have a publisher, this is where that they're... Uh, their imprint will go. That's their logo along with your ISBN and usually your genre and cover price. These are optional, but I do recommend that those go on there. Little yeah, barcode situation. Barcode. Right. Especially if your genre is like not clear writing like novel, like fiction is helpful. If like your title is not clear, if it's like nonfiction or not. Mm-hmm. Ex- exactly. And if you plan on having your book be sold, you have to have that ISBN. Yes. Oh yeah. Period. You have to have it there. And, you know, a lot of authors, if they have enough space, they'll also option to have a short author bio and their author photo. Mm. You know, and this is, you know, that's totally optional, if not included inside the book. Yeah. And sometimes people put it on. <laughs> Sorry to keep bringing up the flaps. I guess I just love dust covers and flaps. But sometimes <laughs> love a dust authors, jacket over here. <laughs> sometimes people put it on the flaps, too. <laughs> yeah. And that actually, you know, opens up to where you have more space to spread things out. Having flaps like redistributes the whole equation. Yeah. And yeah. those books tend to be more expensive, obviously, because of course, they're they hard t- covers than a dust them. jacket. And more complicated to design. When I open up yeah. a dust cover design, I'm like, wait, what? I have to like print it and like fold it. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> the first book cover I ever designed had a dust jacket no. and it was so stressful. I was like, is oh, this for awful. me? Am I supposed to be doing this? But I figured it out. Yes. It's, it's wonderful. Now, you know, I got it down. And yes. One of those other things you can include because you have that more space is if you've previously printed any other, if you've published any other books, you can put them there, you know, 
books also also buy. Oh yeah, and list them there. You know, mm-hmm. things along those lines. You definitely have a little more space if you want to add some reviews and endorsements. Uh-huh. I and as far as the back cover goes, I very much recommend having a tagline. Oh yeah, know, just you know wherever you put it. Traditionally, they're put at the top, but it's mm-hmm. just something like you know, just one powerful sentence from your book that just really draws you in. As an example, I'm going to read the tagline off the back of The Tarnished, which is the sequel to E.S. Christensen's The Blameless, which is coming out in just a couple weeks here. And I'm opening it and I wasn't prepared and I'm opening it. Um, (laughs) So the tagline of The Tarnished is the greatest adversity demands the greatest of hopes. Ooh, I got chills. It's like, what are we talking about? That's like it, it kind of indicates the theme. Yeah. Whereas, like, the, ba- the back cover synopsis indicates more of, like, the plot. Mm-hmm. Yes, Just exactly. something, just a little morsel, a little, just to entice you. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, like, I'm just, like, grabbing random books. Oh, and, like, The Blameless, the fr- I forgot, I was like, oh, I don't have a copy. It's right here. I have it right here. Um, I like The Blameless one better, actually. One selfless deed can change the course of history. Yeah. Mm. And that's, like, that's what the book is about. That is true. I love that one. And something else, too, with the back cover, where we were talking about the front cover saying that your font should be a display or heading font. Uh-huh. On the back cover, you definitely want to lean more towards text fonts because you were including so much more information. It's like a paragraph. Right. And it's going to be printed at the size more than likely of what the text is in your book. And if you try to use display or heading fonts at that size, like when you go down that small full paragraph of them, mm-hmm. because of the way they're designed... It can get a little jarring on the eyes to read that many words together at once using a display mm. font. Yeah, or even just like to help if you're if you're like confused about a display font, like even just think about reading something in like all caps. It's like it hurts your brain. It's kind of like someone's yelling at you. It's like not very easy for your brain to process. <laughs> exactly. Or something in all bold for right. a full paragraph straight. It really is overwhelming. It's like my book is about Right. You're like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> <laughs> so aggressive. But yeah, so that's that's the back cover, and uh, not to be forgotten or overlooked, the Never. last part of the last part of the uh, of the book anatomy is the spine, and I know a lot of times because you may not have a lot of space, it becomes an afterthought. But I highly recommend that you don't. I've had uh, people tell me in the past who work at bookstores that a lot of times they pick their books based on how compelling the spine looks. Oh yeah, because Bec- when you're on a sh- when the book's on a shelf, sometimes that's all you can see. Right, they're spine out. You don't always get a front-facing book. Oh, mm. my God. That never even occurred to me before. Yeah. yeah, and traditionally, you know, you have the author's name at the top, the book title in the center, and if there's a publisher, their their imprint logo down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. It gets a little tricky because you still want it to be compelling, but if your book is under, let's say, a half an inch wide by the spine, then you don't really want to overly do it you want to make sure that your title is seen really clear and your your name is seen really clear but if you have you know a three-quarter inch and higher with spine you have the opportunity to play with the text a little bit more maybe you can bring the same title treatment from the front to the side Mm -hmm. you know and bring those things in and make those elements more impactful but it's just make sure that it's legible Mm -hmm. no matter how you know the width and definitely there's some books that are just too skinny you can't put anything on the spine so, you, you know, you just, if they're going to be in the, the bookstores, you want them to put them face out if you have that option. I know that we've definitely worked on books that, like, don't have spines before, mm-hmm. but is it like it, spine titles? Spine titles, right? It, yeah, it's spine not, titles. It's not like a proper spine where you can be like, here are the corners of the spine. But correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that paperbacks, but, like, hardcovers always have a spine, a proper spine? 
Yes, yeah, d- most definitely. Like okay. you know, we've we've been known to in the past iterations of our careers that we design books of um, that are thirty two pages. Well, that as a paperback spine is you know something Nothing. like point. <laughs> yeah, it's like point one seven inch. Like even if you could fit the font on there, it's half the size of what you would see on a business card, oh and you God. just yeah. you, you can't read it. That you know, right? But through our printers, you know, if it's a thirty two page kids book, the spine width is point two five. So it's a quarter of an inch and you can fit the title and information on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, those, those are the, uh, the three parts of the book cover anatomy, not mm-hmm. nearly as gory as <laughs> what we were expecting, but still, you know, very important. It was just as sexy though. <laughs> just as sexy. <laughs> and that's how you book. This episode was written by me, Michael Hardison, and edited by Mary Peyton Crook. Our logo was designed by me, Michael Hardison. Our theme music was produced by Jason Hilton. Please check out the show notes for a link to the accompanying blog post and visit us online at Wilding Press on social media or at www.wildingpress.com.